0: Here's your host of sound off, Brad Bennett.
1: Well, welcome back. Uh, good morning, uh, Northlanders. We are back with hour number two, and this is the last Wednesday of the month, and you know what that means. That means that Peter guy, that Peter Wood guy, likes to come in and talk wood, not wood magic. <laughs> no, I,
2: thank you, Brad. Kenny, thanks for letting us back on again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and the listeners, out there that are willing to listen and take time out of their day and hear about the timber industry, the hidden, the hidden industry. And uh, yes. I want to, I would like to open up. Uh, we got Matt Ryle on from Rio Timber out of Deer River, but I want to just uh, back up just a little bit, folks, and a little bit of history here. Remember, probably over two years ago, I was trying to tell the folks out there that there's a, there's a major problem coming. And probably 60 years ago, California pretty much started running the timber industry out. Roughly right around 60 years ago. They started running the timber industry out. Colorado, it was roughly around 40 years ago they started running the timber industry out. And the fires, everybody's always known about the fires in California. And probably over the, at least the last two years... I've been warning about Colorado. Colorado's got a major, major problem coming. And if I would have started yes. saying that when I first came on, nobody would have believed me and it would have been the end of it. But you've got to build where people start trusting what you're saying. You have to build that. And colorado a major problem coming at them for, for quite a while. And now, two years later, it's here. And it's, and it's out of control, I think. And it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. But the forests, in order to manage it, you got to have places to take the wood, and you got to be able to have the manpower to do it. Now, the next page is, I always stopped at that. I always stopped at Colorado. I didn't go any farther. The reason why is the next page, folks, is actually Minnesota. Minnesota has another major problem coming. Okay? Now, go back a year and a half ago. I was trying to tell through the radio, Brad, through you guys, that Duluth Mayor... City Council, the paper mill is signaling you. Remember that, Brad? I was trying to tell him. Yes. The paper mill yes. is signaling you. You need to maybe go talk to them. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But you see the outcome, what happened there. When you're trying to warn folks what's coming down the pipe. Now, I'm trying to warn you there's something else coming down the pipe here for Minnesota. And there's more pages in the story, but I'm only going to stop at this one. There's more to it later on, but right now... I want to focus on this, and there's a major problem coming to Minnesota in the timber industry. In two thousand, roughly 2005, Minnesota was consuming right around 4.5 million cords, and today we're roughly right around 2 million cords, okay? The, the wow. forests are still producing. Uh, now, I might get in arguments with folks on this, and they may say bologna, bologna, but roughly Minnesota is growing 8 to 10 million cords a year. Roughly now, they may take only the usable timber or accessible timber. The BWCA is still growing timber, whether you use it or not. There's timber right. still growing on the Mississippi Valley, whether you're using it or not. So if you look at the whole state, it's roughly right around close to 10 million cords. Well, as that keeps growing and we're not utilizing, that means that fuel load is growing just like Colorado. And 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 if nothing is done. It will come here. It definitely will come. Well only thing is we have a little bit more moisture content in that, but there's also another thing. I I learned this probably this last summer is I met an individual that is very well-known, very famous, uh, built a business out of nothing, and had a, there was a meeting, and I got to speak with him for about 15 minutes at the end of the, everything, which was exceptional. I was very thankful. I was willing to talk and could give him information. And and a lot of times when you talk to somebody, you think that they know something about your industry or they know a bit. And and after the conversation, on the way home, it was over a 100-mile drive, you have time to think a little bit. And I realized that whole conversation that was not for him. It actually was for me because I learned something very valuable that even though they may be famous, they may be extremely good at their business, that doesn't mean they know anything about yours. And that's the problem that I think that exists with politicians and people of power is they may seem like they think they know, but the truth is they really don't know about the Timber industry and all. And that's why with shows like this, hopefully politicians out there listening, they will start to get get the picture. And the guy makes a great pillow, but hey, that's how life goes. And right now we got on the phone with us is Matt Ryla. Matt, are you there? I am Peter. Great. Matt Riley. he's out of Deer River and he's willing to come on and talk about their family a little bit and what they do and we're gonna also let the folks know out there, Matt, why what's the problem? Why why is there such a shortage in the big box stores of lumber and that? But if you introduce him Matt, and give him a little uh... history to your family.
1: Well Matt first of all I'd like to welcome you to the show. This is Brad Bennett. I've uh, I used to drive by your place all the time up there. You have that uh that uh, uh big mill as you come into town on the left-hand side uh, as you come into Deer River isn't that correct?
0: Yeah, good morning, Brad. That that's correct. We're just on the west side of uh, of Deer River, beautiful Deer River there.
1: Yes. Now, uh I learned a lot this morning from Peter already. The fact that we're only cutting two million cord now versus four and a half million not many years ago—that tells me there's a lot of wood still sitting in the woods uh, that is going to become a fire hazard at some point.
0: Yeah, that's true. We're falling way behind on 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 managing being good stewards of our forests at this point and um I, you know i'm going to agree with peter and, and maybe just slightly different that okay. I, I don't think that the problem is coming down the pipe the problem is here the problem okay. you know the, the problem yeah. is as an industry and, and so maybe fires are going to coming or you know, could be coming down the pipe but right now you know our, our lack of addressing this you know growing resources is, is is it's it's on us
1: well, there is there is still the way I look at it, anyway, uh, uh, Matt and, and Pete. There there are still uh, markets for wood, but they're changing markets. I mean, uh, we, we know that even uh, up in Cloquet, they've changed more to textiles. They're making fabrics out of wood. Uh, their furniture, uh, but there's so many other things. Even uh, now, because of the pandemic, we've had runs on toilet paper and and cleaning supplies and things like that. So some of these are where factories have to change, have to adapt, uh, maybe come up with new ways of producing uh, paper in a usable source.
0: Oh, sure. You know, there's always going to be changes, and, and there will be, but, you know, we're up for those challenges um you know we've got uh we've got hard-working people we've got you know a, a great workforce we you know we've got a uh, force that need addressing and 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 we're anxious and ready to hit those markets but um you know at, at this point we're needing help
1: yeah do you see any help coming out there i mean peter i know you've been very active in uh in the political realm, uh, and you've had exposure to the president and to Peter Navarro and some of the staff, uh, do you see any hope out there in the future, the, the, the immediate future, uh, um, for things like the reuse of the paper mill out here in West Duluth? I mean, that's a terrible facility to waste.
2: It is a terrible facility to waste. That paper that I was making, I wouldn't call on that coming back, maybe brown paper. No. Uh, right now in the, the political world, folks, they're all scrambling so much. Even if you got a meeting with these folks, they're, they're going to be so busy on to the next thing. So have, hopefully in about two to four weeks, we could get a meeting in the upper end of it to where we could talk to whoever the administration is. The problem is, folks, is whoever it is, is it would be great if the timber industry could come and talk to them it would take a good hour to explain some things, that they could make some moves that would make a huge difference. Like, take Rila Timber. The, 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 the waste, no matter what, there's always waste. And that becomes a major issue. Matt, you want to tell them, how much waste do you have when you have
0: saw logs come in? we're probably sitting on you know three maybe three years now of 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 waste and uh you know these piles are an ever-growing problem and um what's really sad about it is is there's markets out there that that want these you know that want these products we can deal with it and help us kind of grow and you know and consume more volume and uh you know keep our suppliers going uh revenue for our, our school districts and our towns and our communities and um you know, there, there's a lot to be gained by everybody coming together and helping to solve, you know, this problem. We're we're not, it's not making a product
2: that isn't, uh, not needed. It's a product that will be consumed. It will be used. It's to get it from where it is now to the end user. And it needs a little bit of work with the government to be on board with it, to
0: help us through this. Yeah, that's true. One of And one of the really emerging markets for this on the national stage is, is densified wood pellets. And, um, and it, as there's a whole host of sawmills in our area that are, we're, we're trying to come together and make this happen. You know, there's some serious roadblocks there. One of them is the, the EPA's interpretation of woody biomass as not being carbon neutral at this point. And to me, I'm, I just struggle to have that make any sense. How can, how can our forests and, and, and our renewable resources at this point um, not be listed as carbon neutral and help be part of this solution? Um, on on many different fronts from carbon sequestration and, um, you know, as we step away from fossil fuels and and, and coal burning, this is a direct one-to-one drop-in replacement. Um,
1: Absolutely. You know, it makes a lot of sense. So are they saying, Matt and Pete, are they saying that basically burning wood pellets causes harm to the environment?
0: In a roundabout way, they're saying they're they're kind of saying that they're just saying that they're not giving it the benefit of of carbon neutrality um, that it deserves. Okay. And you know, even in the verbiage as it's listed, it should be interpreted that way. But there needs to be some slight tweaks or modification for the APA to do that. And 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 so we've been trying to run that up the flagpole for a long time. And some of our energy producers, like Elite, and some of our local um, uh, producers, that's a, that can be a real game changer. You know, that we don't have to be p- putting. Coal into these plants we can be blending and mixing in and transitioning these things over domestically to to wood pellets and and really solve a, a multitude of problems locally and um, and be a driver
1: well that that 's what I thought we kind of had as a direction here uh, in Minnesota Peter at one time we had a, a a show one of your shows maybe a year or two ago where it, it looked like there was potential for burning uh, wood pellets in industrial use to create and generate electricity. Is that uh, yeah? yeah not there, there being was
2: pushed? That, um, the, the pellet industry is real heavy when you get close to the ocean-going vessel area. That's where it's real heavily okay. done. And those guys are going wide open. Where the issue is here is a little bit of transportation, where we're located. But I think a lot of it is, I honestly think... It's the bureaucracy that's been set up over many years in BC and St. Paul, so you can't, it takes you so long to get things through. When, Like Matt was saying, when when you read the, the language in these things, it's like you, I, I sit there and I go back and forth on it, and I can't see what's the hang-up. I can't see it. Well, you're not interpreting it right. It's like, no, I am interpreting it right. I'm just trying to keep a position. And so that's why... One hopes to someday be able to go, way not up the flagpole, man. I want to be at the top of the flagpole, talk to the administration, tell them this is our issue, this is the problem. We're one of the three legs that keep all this industry going. Whether you lose the timber industry, folks, no superpower can make it. It's impossible. You've no. got to have the timber industry. And one of these things is what we're facing right now. It's kind of like if, if you're sitting back, in your office, at work, um, having a sip of coffee and punching up the computer, you think, well, I'm listening to Mr. Wood," And it doesn't affect me. I'm not building a house. I'm not doing this. Don't... Think of it this way. <clears throat> Remember back in February when we had the show, we saw the newspaper, and 1st of March came, and the toilet paper flew off the shelves. Everywhere you looked, yeah. you couldn't get toilet oh, paper. Yeah. <clears throat> Remember that? You think yes. it doesn't affect you? This is toilet paper. And it was affecting everybody. Toilet paper. Yeah. It gets me almost fired up. It's like, we're talking about Riley Timber, where they employ very good people. They have good jobs. It brings in lumber, sells lumber. Matt, we got to talk on that before we lose the end of the show. Is why are the shelves so empty in the big box stores? What's going on there?
1: Well, listen, guys. We—I uh, want to continue this conversation, but as Peter, as you know, we're a we're a market-driven radio station, uh, and we have some ads that we need to do ourselves to keep us on the air. So hold your thought. We'll come back to you very quickly. In the meantime, uh, uh, I want to remind all of our listeners about the Cast Iron Bar and Grill uh, up in Pike Lake. They used to be a secret. You know, nobody knew what the Cast Iron Bar and Grill was. Now everybody knows it's uh, no secret any longer. They've got a fantastic operation, and they bring breakfast to a whole new level on Saturday and Sunday mornings from 9 to 1. They'll serve you omelets up the way you want them, pancakes, biscuits, and gravy made fresh, all the breakfast staples cooked up fresh for you. Any day is a great day to try out the cast-irons luncheon and dinner special. Plus, they've got trivia at the bar each week, Uh, Every Wednesday from 7 o'clock on, they play DJ Trivia, and guess what? Starting on the 3rd of November, what happens that day? Uh, You you wear that button that says, I voted. Vote, and then that night, starting at 6.30, go into the Cast Iron Bar and Grill for Bar Bingo. Bingo will start at November 3rd, 6.30, every Tuesday night, and don't forget, Their fish fry, all you can eat fish fry every Friday night, nine dollars and ninety five cents or ninety nine cents every Friday night. Cast Iron Bar and Grill, it's a fantastic place to warm your your stomach and your soul with a lot of great friends and people to gather with. Cast Iron Bar and Grill, uh, get up there and try it out. We'll be right back after this quick break with more Matt and Pete.
3: WDSM time nine twenty seven. More of "Let the Sawdust Fly," Brad. We had a little technical glitch going on here. I'm sorry about that. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to fix it here. Okay. All right.
1: But well, we got Matt and uh, Pete on the line. We do. I'm still here. Are we still there? Yes, you are. Okay, so, talk right. a little bit. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the changing markets. I, I still think, you guys, that there's got to be some company out there that is looking at this uh, uh, this paper mill out in West Duluth and saying, "My God, what a beautiful facility! What a great workforce they got there! All we got to do is find a way to convert some of the products that they make." into more uh, usable, functional material?
2: Um, there is. Um, uh, Matt, maybe you can give some heads on it, too, but there, there is companies that are looking at it. But until somebody comes forward with the authority, with the actual checkbook to do things, it's just feel-good yeah. rumors. But the, the, the paper mill itself, as far as what it made before, I wouldn't call that happening at
1: all. Because the, the no, I, I think has changed yeah, the days of, uh, of high calendar paper or high glossy paper are probably gone. But but as you said, Peter, uh, when this COVID started up, the uh, making of cloth wipes for counters, for disinfectants, for toilet paper, or towel paper towels, there's got to be a massive market demand for that.
2: I think there is what it would take to convert it. I'm not sure, because that end I'm not sure on. It would be very difficult to get anybody to come on, because a lot of these bigger companies, what happens is they got to protect themselves, because if they say something wrong, folks, they could get canned. And so that's why it gets very difficult to get them to open up. And I understand, and and I, I don't want to put them on the spot. So it would be difficult to get them forward to come and talk about that, but... Yes, there could be, you could make, it may take so much work to change it that it's not financially viable, but where, where a lot of times there's problems to me is you got to have the supply, timber supply in front of you. And if it gets too high, they go other parts of the country. If the taxation in the town is too high, they're going to look at other places and go somewhere else. You got to look at that as well. Um, sure. like somebody like Riley timber, uh, I'd like to hit white folks out there, um, go to the big box stores, why is it hard to get lumber? And, Matt, I wanted him to talk about that a little bit. Then I'd like to come back to the paper mill a little bit here later. But if that would be possible to talk about why sure. is there such a shortage, Matt, right now of lumber?
0: Oh, sure. That's a, a very, com- very complex issue. And, um, you know, even rewinding back to 2019, if people didn't think back that far, you know, the, the economy was kind of clipping along and housing starts were – we're, we're way up there. So we entered into 2020 with already quite a backlog um, of housing projects. And, you know, that was caused by many things, you know, shortages of labor and concrete, framers, electrical H- HVAC, roofing, things of like that. And um, so just, uh, you know, lots of projects coming down the pipe. And so and entering into 2020 with probably something around a 17%. Uh, decrease in available, you know, lumber supply. I mean, mills from the prior year didn't have big inventories. You know, it had been flying off the shelves. Things were clipping along primarily through, you know, builders and building projects and kind of through that supply chain. 2020 comes along and COVID, and kind of looking out into the abyss. We 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 didn't know how that was, you know, how that was going to happen. Thinking that a lot of these framing crews and bigger builders were kind of be going to be shelved um, through these, you know, COVID protocols and. Uh, yeah. Lo and behold, come to find out, just record-setting year through you know the the, the big box stores and, and cash and carry and do-it-yourselfers at home, um, on top of you know a a, a really big, uh, I think it was like an eleven percent increase in housing starts from two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty, um, and, and nineteen was a banner year. So to go over ten percent over two thousand nineteen, it, it just it really set the stage. And as an industry, I know for our company you know getting it wrong we we were anticipating you know really things tightening up and um and it went exactly the other way um and for a whole host of reasons
1: now matt talk a little bit about your products now are they available in uh home improvement stores uh lumber yards that kind of thing or what what is the biggest uh factor of where your product ends up
0: well, the, uh, uh, specifically, we do half the year in home framing, um, construction lumber and the other half the year in, in industrial lumber. So it, you know, I think Peter and, um, would like to speak to some of the phenomenon going on with the high lumber pricing. And, um, you know, as people, different companies in the nation was, you know, assessing COVID in, in, in these protocols, um, people were stuck at home and, and along comes a $1,200 stimulus check. And all these projects that they'd been hearing about from from their wives and their families for the last five years, all of a sudden they had time to do it <laughs> and a little extra money to do it, and uh, and uh, and off to the lumberyard and off to the lumberyard they went, and them and every one of their sure. neighbors. So, and um, it, and it it just wasn't an avenue that's seen that kind of historic volume channeled through it.
2: Can you imagine that? Well, a you cop- know what, uh... States, everybody doing at once.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, and and that was happening, Peter. What you know? What t- hold your thought because we got to do our Fox News break. But talk when we come back. Let's continue the conversation about how we didn't anticipate how many people would start doing home improvement projects, myself included, and all of a sudden it became a um, a massive. Uh, uh, pressure on lumber and on the price of lumber, I'm sure, as well. So let's talk about that when we come back after our Fox News break. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scotch pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, 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 I'm a lumberjack, and I'm okay. I sleep all night, and I work all day.
2: He's a lumberjack, and he's okay. He sleeps
1: all night, and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On Wednesday. Where do you go to the laboratory out in the <laughs> woods there, Peter? <laughs> the, the of God, I always still, I always still smile
2: when I hear that. It's just a cute, catchy tune. It's just hilarious. I just every time, folks, it's just funny. But uh, anyway, uh, back to the situation about the lumber situation uh, with the phenomenon yes. that really took place. That I think after I didn't know what was going on. Actually, at the time, but first there was the toilet paper, and then with the lumber flying off the shelves, is uh, nobody could travel really, nobody could do anything until they started looking around. Is like, are you gonna make that deck or not? What about Jennifer's right. little playhouse? And all of this all rippled. It rippled across the whole country, so everybody started doing things at home instead. And the doer selfers just took off phenomenally, and
0: that's why all of a sudden, like Ryla, they're like, "What the heck is going on here?" <laughs> yeah, yeah def- definitely caught us caught us off guard, and and, and our ability um, to respond, you know, trying to digest the COVID protocol and, and 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 keep our employees and our lines running was, you know, that was challenging. It was challenging right across the board. You know, a lot of our production facilities are in. Smaller, smaller towns. You know, there's not huge labor pools. We don't have tons of people, um, you know, just stacked up. So, and you get, you know, ten, fifteen percent of your workforce, that, you know, isn't showing up and and trying to wait for COVID tests that were coming back. They were, you know, pretty delayed early on. It was, it was hard to make hair height of all this, and, and it, it wasn't just us. It was um, in, as a nation, but in our industry, we were having trouble responding to, you know, seeing this increasing demand coming up. For our products, sure. and um, you yeah. know, the health of our of our, our employees and our communities obviously come first. But we we it, we you know we suffered through that, and you know extra six hundred dollar a week incentives you know for folks to stay home, and um, those were some real challenges to try and try and get get the lumber back in the pile and and, and get it on the truck and get it to the market. So Caught everybody by
1: surprise. Matt, do you and Pete think this trend is going to continue, uh, or will it change? Well, I'm sure it will change some as the COVID situation changes, and it seems like it's flexible and changes all the time.
2: What about from here on, Matt? Why don't you give it a poll
0: at it? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm hoping that as far as the COVID stuff, we can start putting putting that in the rearview mirror and um, and and moving forward. I I think that. Um, you know, politically it it will have some implications definitely going forward. I think the the lower interest rates are going to be around yet for, you know, another year or two, you know, it's a a major driver and people trying to put these projects together. It was a great time. I mean, like I said, go back to 2019, things are really clipping along, you know, we were, you know, um, who had ever anticipated this, but you know, here it is. And, you know, and so moving, moving forward, um, I would say that uh, you know th- there's a lot of housing starts in the pipe still. So you know the, the it's where com- home framing lumber is is a is a commodity. It's traded and those futures are every, you know every two months you look into the spring futures and those those future prices are sitting historically pretty high already going into next year. So are I they, would say that prices okay. are, are going to be propped up here now for the next year or so and, and until we can kind of catch up with uh, with some of these with some of these housing starts.
1: Well, I don't want anybody to try to speculate what's going to happen on November 3rd, but if if the administration that's in there uh, stays in, I think you're going to see an effort to get a second stimulus going, which if that happens like the first one, there is going to be a massive amount of people that are going to be doing their own construction projects, doing flooring, doing decking, doing whatever. Uh, Peter, I have a specific question for the general public that's listening to the show this morning that yep. wanna see something happen with like the Westerloof paper mill, is there anything they can do to be involved? Is there anything anybody letters that they can write to people? Are there ways that they can uh you know be proactive in making something happen?
2: Yeah. Um let me let me let me try and address it this way, okay? So I've talked to many politicians both sides of the aisle. I've talked to many, right. okay? And a lot of times I get and I, when I want to explain something to them, it takes a little bit of time. And a lot of times you get one, two, maybe three minutes into it, they start cutting in and they start talking about what they want to talk about, okay? That happens a lot. It, it's just the nature of the game. you you got to work through sure. it. But I, I've had sure. one politician one time where they called me up the two, three, four weeks ago, the lady running for state office, and and I explained what has happened in the past, what works now, what will work at all levels, and many different things, and what would work politically. And I explained to her and, and, uh, about the timber industry, and her dad actually worked in the timber industry, and she took she four pages of notes, okay? And it was a long story, basically, and I told her at the end, I said, you're the first one. That actually, when I started, you wanted to keep listening. Yeah. That's what it
1: takes. Isn't that something?
2: It's just the nature of it. They want to get to the next one. They want to get to the next thing, next thing. That's why if you try and get a meeting now with the administration, forget it. It's not worth it. It's like two or three weeks from now. And for the paper mill, there's things that could be done. If folks want to write letters, uh, send it to the congressman. Send it to both sides of Minnesota and Wisconsin because these mills affect both sides. Send it sure, to the senators sure. that you need to work with these folks. We need this timber industry. It's because it's a big tax maker, not a fire that takes, tack or takes taxes. Um, if we could get a meeting, and, and the lady was Donna Bergstrom. She, she listened the whole time. And when I was all done, she said, wow, it makes perfect sense. Why isn't it done? It's exactly <laughs> right. Why is it done? Because we're so hidden. And part of it is the loggers' fault, the timber industry, because we're hidden all the time. We're busy in the woods and we want to be left alone. The other part is the society want to listen. And, and if, if that's why I keep trying to get that meeting. It's like I tell my kids, anybody can shoot and hit the ground. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Aim high and go for it. That's, if that's your goal, you've got to aim real high. And that's why I, I don't want to go up the flagpole. I want the top guy at the flagpole. I don't want to, why not shoot high? If I get a meeting with the president, whichever administration, and I get a half hour, hour meeting, I'm going to fill that whole thing about the timber industry. That's my plan is because you don't get that shot. You got to shoot hard, shoot right away, and keep pounding on what would work. The big problem we have in Minnesota is coming more and more. The growth is still growing. The waste pile is going to keep going. We have a way to take care of it. It, and it, i believe that the administration we have now if he could actually hear what it is he would say what's the problem i'm gonna tell him it's your epa that's the problem yeah
1: yeah yeah
2: and i'm gonna say it like, I, i'm i want to say it like that but you got you you got to get the meeting no matter who the administration is you got to get the meeting yes and there is the answer. so folks if you're listening to luth kolke if if you want to help out the timber industry send a text to the congressman, send it to the senators, send it to the White House. Yeah, do that. Send it to the White House. Brad, you've been getting some pretty high-end callers coming in from the Washington, D.C. It's impressive. Very impressive. Well, Next we've... time are on, if you get a chance, just help there, buddy. And tell them, hey, <laughs> listen to the longer ones.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to try to do just that, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. We have learned a lot over the years by having you on just this once a month, and and you're right. I think when this show started, uh, when when let the sawdust started, it a lot of people just ne- almost never saw uh, a logger. They they might once in a while see a truck going down the highway with a load of logs on it going somewhere, but they didn't know how they could affect it how they could affect the timber industry. Well, you can do it, folks, but it takes a concentrated effort from everybody to make it happen. And I'm so glad to hear that we have people like um, Matt Rolla and and Peter, you out in the woods all the time, uh, making an effort, not only doing your job, supporting your families, cutting logs and putting uh, two-by-fours out or whatever else uh, needs to be done, but also trying to affect the industry as a whole by making uh, making the industry, the positive side of the industry, come out. And I think we learned this morning, look, uh, the waste product off of lumber, off of the, the lumber that is produced up there in Deer River, is a very important commodity that could be turned into energy, and it just takes the focus of everybody to make it happen. So, um, look i want i want to thank both you guys yeah, go ahead real
2: quick uh matt how much when you see a load of saw logs going down the road, how
0: much actually makes the end product yeah, it's not very efficient to make rectangles out of circles, so if it's roughly roughly half of that log pile is going to get made into lumber the The rest of that's going to end up in in residuals. Wow, that's, diff- that's but the what I'm res-
1: about. But the residuals, Matt, can be good stuff. I mean, they can be uh, an industry in and of itself. Yeah,
0: not can be. It is good stuff. We just we, we got to get this packaged, and you know, we've got these we've got facilities in there. So, we and it's really going to take a concerted effort. We need to move together. We need our neighbors to hear us and understand some of these problems. So, you know, Peter was asking what what can we do what what can be done and said, just simply to talk and think this is important to us it's, it's a it's woven in the fabric of our communities we want this paper mill and other paper mills like that and other shuttered towns to say when they call hear them out there's there's solutions out there work with them this matters you know our the, the health of our you forests bet. and 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 our employment in our in communities it matters very, well, Matt
1: Rahala and, uh, and, and Peter, uh, again, thank you for a fantastic show. We've got to take our Wisconsin news break, but uh, as always, we're learning every time you come on, Peter. Thank you so much.
2: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and listeners out there. I appreciate that you're willing to take the time to listen.
1: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it very much. Uh, we will be back after the Wisconsin News Network.
3: That was a great segment, Brad. It's still autumn, you know. This is autumn jazz, by the way. Autumn?
1: Autumn? Are there... Isn't there snow on the ground? Well, yeah, but it's not winter yet. <laughs> it, that's true. It, according to the calendar, it you is know, autumn.
3: So winter we'll, jazz yeah, comes autumn, in autumn, December. Yeah. We'll we'll put that off till then. Brad, you had a great segment last hour with Let the Sawdust Fly with Pete Wood and uh, Matt Ryla of uh, Deer River. And Congressman Pete Stauber was listening and he's actually on the phone and wants to touch base on, on that topic.
1: Well, good. Uh, Congressman, uh, I know that you're in the last run here. You got uh, next Tuesday is the big day, but I know you're always paying attention to what, uh, to the main industries are going on here in the eighth district and logging, of course, is a big part of that.
4: Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Brad. It's great to be with you. And yes, we're sprinting to the finish line, but I, I just wanted to take just a couple of minutes before I get on a Zoom call here uh, to I say that I listened to the to, to Matt and Peter the loggers, and that I, I I'm not only listening to them, I'm hearing them, and we're working to ensure that uh our, our logging and trucking industry um, you know stays strong and vibrant we you know we're in the heart of the wood basket here and i really think that uh we have an opportunity and 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 the the gentlemen had some great ideas the opportunities are really really uh endless when it comes to uh, uh our logging and trucking industries which really are a 10 billion dollar industry uh as you go down oh, the line yeah. So it's it's. Uh, I just want to share with you that I that the opportunities are there. We're, I, I'm already working with uh, um, um, you know members uh, of this administration and other professionals and and leaders in the. Uh, you know forest products industry to do that but uh, you know i just wanted to take a little bit of time to say I, I heard uh you know parts of that segment and uh and and they're spot on and, and they're the experts that we need to listen to they're the ones that well, can they, manage
1: Well they product. are and and congressman i was impressed uh, uh, with uh, Matt Ralla uh, from up in Deer River there when he said look we we have uh So much waste product that we could be using in a whole other industry that could be generating electricity, that could be generating power, if we could ever get uh, the EPA to understand that this is a a non-harmful product.
4: Yes, and that's that's what I'm working on, um, working with the industry and the experts and the EPA to continue to to push for that. That's that's another source uh, for that wood. You know, I was out at a, a, a logging um, um, a clear cut just north of Island Lake yesterday, and and uh, that logger was bringing um, the, the the wood to sappy. And these are really these are real jobs. There's eight full time jobs. And oh uh, yeah. These workers were working on the equipment in a safe matter, and they knew what they were doing. So this is we have we have a big opportunity. So I, I just called to to le- to let you all know that that I heard the loggers and and their experience. Uh, when you talk about uh, the timber industry, the Ryala family uh, they're second to, to none. of are they're awesome people. They get it and and hardworking folks. Yep. So. Um, so I, I don't mean to cut you short, but I got to get on the Zoom here.
1: No, that's uh, I understand. You you got a lot going on. I hope we can talk to you after next Tuesday, and uh, and uh, hope about the future of this uh, whole area will take off.
4: There's no doubt about it. Our, the, the greatest days uh, in this country are still yet ahead of us. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. So uh, we live Absolutely. in the greatest country on Earth. We live in the greatest country on Earth. We get to call home. So everybody have a safe week, and uh, I'll talk to you all very soon.
1: Will do. Thank you, Congressman Pete Stauber. Uh, see, he listens. People listen. Well, I'm so you know, glad to hear listening. him
3: respond, because, Brad, I was listening to Pete and you and Matt and, and the passion and how... Really, this should be a simple thing. Yeah. And, and, and so hopefully Pete can get some things done. That's great.
1: You know, in the city of Duluth, Mayor Larson, uh, you, you need to have your 100% concentration on getting uh, some company to open their checkbook and get that paper mill out in West Duluth back up and functioning. I mean, there are so many needs for that. We all, look, Peter was absolutely right. We all went through that period of time during uh, probably March, uh, February, March, April, when we walked into our local depart- our local uh, grocery store, hardware store, and found the toilet paper shelves empty, the paper towel shelves empty. And we knew that, well, geez, there's got to be ways to produce more of this product there's there's woods out there. And when we found out this morning that we've cut the production or what we're doing with the production of wood about in half, there's markets availability out there. So I'm glad Congressman Stauber was listening. And I was so glad to hear uh, Peter Wood talk too about the fact that when he sat down with Donna Bergstrom, she, l- she listened, wrote notes, and got it. And she's uh, tuned into what, Can really make a difference here in the Northland. And I'm telling you, folks, there are politicians out there. I've had people say to me, well, you know, the reason that more more, uh, conservatives don't get elected here in the Northland is because you never put any really good ones forward. Well, you know what that's? There's all kinds of good ones forward right now. Uh, You've got Sullivan out there. You've got uh, Donna Bergstrom. There are some really great candidates out there, and you just got to take the time to find out who they are, what they're all about.